Hey, uh, thanks for joining us for another episode, joining me, I guess, today for another episode of the 1720 podcast. As you can tell, not in the normal studio. Um, I am in my home studio, which brings a whole host of uh, different issues. I don't have any of the sound deadening equipment, so it might sound a little echoey. I live in a loft, so it's very open and horrible for podcasting, but it is what it is. Um, the biggest challenge by far is going to see if I can make it through this entire episode without my neighbor's dog losing their shit over someone opening a door or something, you know, it just, no matter what it is, it's, uh, just like this reverberating German shepherd bark throughout the entire unit. So we're going to hope that doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, so the reason I'm here today is because we recorded an episode on what I'm going to be talking about today. And somehow um, something went wrong with the audio. So I just decided that I would re-record it by myself. Um, Dustin was kind of falling asleep when I was talking to him about it just because, no, he wasn't. But I'm really passionate about uh, what we're going to talk about today. And that is nature. It's um, some things that God has taught me while being in nature, um, which are some really fundamental things that that you can learn. Uh, I want to really look at in the Bible how... Um, historically people were taken out into nature or led into nature and were able to hear God in ways that they, they weren't otherwise, which is, is really cool to me because there's this, there's this theme in a lot of life that, you know, there are certain places and certain things that we can do to help us hear God more clearly. And it's always been very clear to me that nature is one of them. The first thing that I'm going to talk about is what really pushes me out into nature, and that's photography. Um, for those of you who don't know, obviously you've only been listening to, you know, 15 episodes I think we're at at this season, the podcast, so there's there's not a whole lot of talk about Dustin and I's personal life, aside from maybe some stories that we bring into it, but I'm a climber. I live in Colorado, so we live in Colorado. It's Mecca for anything that you want to do outside. My drug of choice is rock climbing. So, um, that brings a lot of camping. Uh, I've got like a little setup in the back of my truck so I can just park it and sleep back there and go climb in the morning. And one thing that I love even more than climbing is photography, but I don't always have to go to the mountains for photography. But when I do, it's, it's always just, you know, it, it grounds me, it centers me. It brings me back to things in life that, really actually matter when I'm caught up in work and all this stuff. And God has used those opportunities to really teach me a lot. And I think, uh, exploring some, some other people that have had similar experiences or is really important. So, um, the first thing I want to talk about is, is a couple, uh, Bible, Bible references that we see this happen. The first and most important one that I see, um, is, is Jesus obviously. So, Matthew 4, 1 through 11, um, you can read the verse. I don't actually have the verse pulled up. I just have some notes that I took on it. So uh, Matthew 4, through 1 through 11 talks about Jesus being led into the wilderness. And the Bible actually verbatim says that he was sent. So um, this is right after Jesus was baptized. And Jesus was, you know, quote unquote, the, from the, what the Bible tells us, sent out into the wilderness. So that leads me to believe that there's some sort of purpose Um there's, there's some reason Jesus was being called to go out into the wilderness versus, you know, staying put or being in the city or anything else, because I think that's, that's where God, um, could speak to him. And so before I get into this, 
one thing that I, I really found fascinating just to give us some context is uh, one of my favorite things to do when we're studying the Bible is to um, translate some words um, that stand out to me and, and figure out what their Hebrew origins were. Because a lot of the time when uh, we're, we're translating and we're writing the Bible into all these different versions, um, some of those words can get lost in translation. And that's actually what's happened to the word wilderness in the Bible. So anytime the Bible speaks about wilderness, it's referring to one of two words. So the first and most important one is devar. And in Hebrew, that translates to speak, which I thought was just super fascinating because the word for wilderness and exploration and all these things that we associate literally means to speak or in my interpretation to be spoken to. So I think that was really fascinating. The other word that you're going to see um, a lot of roots coming from is midbar, which means a place existing perfectly arranged, an ecosystem in harmony or balance. And I think that last part is really the key for me because uh, as we'll explore later in this, there's a place outside of our world where we are definitely not always in harmony and balance that is constantly in harmony and balance. And even these um, things that come into nature that are destructive, you know, like fires or natural disasters are all still part of this ecosystem that has balance to it and it has good and it has bad and has life and has death. And, and I think, uh, so, so we'll dive into that a little bit more later, but just to just set some context. So uh, Matthew 4, 1 through 11 tells us Jesus was sent out into the wilderness. Um, and we we start reading that Jesus fasted. Um, the Bible says he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Obviously, you know, we I don't get too hung up on those uh, specific, you know, days because our calendars have changed so much. But we can assume that Jesus spent, you know, a pretty significant amount of time um, fasting. He was probably hungry, obviously, probably, you know, pretty thirsty, pretty tired, pretty weak. And I think setting that context for Jesus being in a state where he uh, probably wasn't at his strongest, he didn't have the most physical strength um, is important because we can see why uh, to a normal person being in that state, some some things might be harder for us, to, uh, some temptations might be harder to resist, some things that... Uh, you know, we know some treating people certain ways or lashing out is, is much more prevalent when we're in those kind of weaker states and fatigued states. So the Bible tells us that Jesus was in one of those and that he was actually um, tempted in three different ways by Satan. It says that Satan met him in the desert. Um, and if you haven't read this book, it's really fascinating, um, but definitely go and read that. But the point I want to really harp on is that... Um, there's there's a reason that Jesus was brought out into the wilderness. He was he was able to be um he was able to overcome these things that to humans might, you know, seem pretty hard uh to overcome and might seem pretty pretty, you know, rational and reasonable if we've been fasting for 40 days and Jesus was still able to overcome them. Um and I think that being called out into the wilderness was a huge part of that because he was in the elements, you know, he was experiencing the world in the most rugged form and, and was still able to overcome that. So that's, that's really cool. Um, that's my favorite one. That's why I started with that first, but I got a couple other stories I want to dive into here as well. So the second is going to be, uh, first Kings 19, it's going to be three through 18 and there's two sections in there. So this story in first Kings is basically talking about Elijah it's talking about how um, Elijah actually is fleeing from something. Um, in the Bible, it's a little vague, but basically um, 
we're, we're led to believe that he's in fear for his life. And uh, you can, again, read that story. I don't know all the specifics, but Elijah is basically running. He's, he's hiding from something. And the first place he goes is to the wilderness. You know, where else would you go? You're not obviously going to stay in a place that is dangerous. So you seek um, this, this outer expanse where, where he can, you know, we're led to believe hide. So Elijah goes out. He flees into the wilderness, and the Bible tells us that he falls asleep. Um, the Bible tells us that after he wakes up, he's met with provision in the form of food, a um, little bit of mythic circumstances as to how the food got there, but basically um, it's provided for him. He has bread, he has water, uh, and he is told to eat and that um, these things will give him strength because other than that, he without this strength, he's not going to be able to make it, um, and it's crucial that he continue on. Uh, so Elijah does so. Um, and, and we see that he's in a really dark place in his life. He, um, the Bible tells us that, uh, he's actually suicidal. You know, he's, he's asking God to take his life and whatever he has going on back in civilization is, is not worth him still being alive. He just wants to escape. Um, so Elijah keeps wandering. He seeks solitude in a cave and the Bible shows that God reveals himself in some pretty magnificent ways. Uh, it talks about some crazy earthquakes some fires and just these weird, um, natural events. And the way I interpret it is that God is teaching Elijah, um, that he, he's, he's, he's not significant. The, the things that Elijah is experiencing that has actually led him to feel like he doesn't want to be alive anymore are so insignificant in the grand scheme of things. And God doesn't come down and, you know, appear to Elijah and basically say, you know, like, why, why you feel this way? You look at, look at this. He actually uses physical events that happen in the world that we see, you know, we've seen all those happen this year alone. Um, crazy fires in Australia and all these things that just really make us feel insignificant and wow, I'm just, my, my problems are not as big as I think they are, uh, is really, is really what I took from that. So we'll come back to that one later. The last one I want to talk about is Exodus 15, 23 to 27. And this is all wrapped up in the story of the Israelites and Moses. And basically the Israelites are at a place where they, um, are, they're struggling. They're, they, they don't have um, adequate food, even though they're being provided for with manna. Uh, the Bible talks about that they were kind of tired of that. They wanted something more sustenance. Um, and they're basically trying to provide or trying to get their provision through their own means. And, and when that's not working, they figure out that, oh, well, who is the person that always gives us our provision when we can't acquire it ourselves? They reach out to God and God ends up leading them to, uh, what sounds like an oasis, um, basically in the Bible, it talks about how they, uh, they were met with water and, and a place to rest. And, and, and it was only the restoration that they received in the form of physical beauty was only met when they stopped trying to take control of a situation that they had no control over, i.e. in the wilderness and, um, trying, trying to, uh, meet their physical needs in, in such a, in such a place. So, um, we'll leave those three there. We'll come back to them. Um, but the, the, I just wanted to kind of give some context on those. So the reason this strikes so, so prevalent in my life is that, um, you know, there, there's something to be said about nature and there's something to be said about the wilderness. And 
and, and these stories that um, are are very specific about why why these people were in the wilderness, um, what there was to be taught in the wilderness, and and so on and so forth. And as as I've spent so much time experiencing the world outside of work and school and all these things that you get so consumed around and I, and I go out and I experience in them, I'm, I'm realizing all of these really deep fundamental things that the Bible shows us time and time again in all these stories. Um, so I'm, I'm going to personalize it a little bit here and, and just talk about, um, some, some more modern things. Cause obviously it's, it's kind of hard to tie ourselves to uh, those, those stories and, and really see how they relate. But there, there have been some things that those fundamental stories have uh, and the, and the values that come from them have played out in my life. And, and I want to uh, share some of that. So the first one that we just talked about with um, Jesus, the, the, the main thing that I took from that, obviously, what, like I just talked about was Jesus was at a weak point in his life. He, he was at a point where physically it was going to be really easy for him to give up and he didn't, he persevered here in Colorado. We have, um, little over 50, 14,000 foot peaks. So, um, some of the tallest in, in the continental U S next to, you know, like Alaska, I think they have, um, some big mountains out there too. But other than that, we have the tallest in the continental U S. And so obviously that breeds a lot of, um, excitement and people love to go hike them. They're called 14ers. That's what we call them here. So, um, I've, I've hiked a lot of them. I've hiked about 20. So, um, I have some experience in the Alpine and and that kind of thing. And what I've always found throughout my entire life is that you never step, never once have I ever stepped onto a 14er to hike a 14er. Um, and, thought, holy cow, you know, this is going to be amazing. This is going to, it's, it is going to be amazing, but never once have I thought that it's going to be easy. And there, every single time on the dot, as soon as I start hiking and I get to a certain point in the hike, um, I, the thought goes through my mind when I maybe get a view of the peak or something, or I reach a false summit and I still see that I have, you know, like an, a crazy expanse to go still. Um, the thought runs through my mind that there's just no way I'm going to be able to do this. It's I'm, I've been hiking for what feels like forever. And, um, I'm, I'm already feeling like I want to give up and it's been, it's had to be one of the craziest things, uh, (laughs) in the world to, to feel so defeated and, and so, um, just in over your head with something like that. And then to persevere it and to, and to surmount that obstacle. It's, it's one of the greatest feelings, um, out there. And there, there's never been a 14 or where I've actually turned back on and, and not been able to complete. Um, but on the dot, every single one of them leads me to believe that that is going to be the case. So I think I can relate in that term, in that, in that feeling of being, at a, at a physically demanding challenge and still being able to overcome that, that sense of, of quitting and, uh, submission to, to these things. And, and, and when you actually overcome that, it's, it's the greatest feeling in the world. So, um, that's, that's my connection to, uh, the struggle of Jesus in the desert. The second one that we talked about Elijah in the cave, the only thing that I can really think about, um, so God speaking through the ferocity of nature is, is stars, you know, for, for my entire life, I've just been fascinated with astronomy and, and everything about the universe. And 
I can't tell you how many times I have been out camping amongst, you know, people who believe in God, people who don't believe in God, but there's just something about watching a meteor shower or just looking into space that just really centers you and brings you back to um, your place in the universe. And and not only not only your place in the universe, but the fact that all these things that you get so consumed with and take up so much of your bandwidth every single day have have no matter. And and if you if you were, you know, to to experience that that presence in in life when when you're looking at the stars all the time, I, I think that's such an important value to to translate into your normal life because if not, it's so easy for us to get so just consumed and overwhelmed with life that we end up missing moments like that for our entire lives. And, and, and that leads to just really broken relationships and and things. So long story short, um, it's, it's really important to find that ferocity in nature, that thing that makes you feel small in the world and, and makes you, you really say, okay, I, I need to take a step back and, and realize that yes, you know, these things need to get done, but they don't deserve so much mental capacity, um, as I'm giving them. So, uh, the last one is, uh, going back to the story of the Israelites seeking, you know, uh, restoration, in the form of physical beauty, the oasis or whatever, for some reason, um, sunsets, you know, sunsets have always been something. I, I think no one's going to say that, you know, a sunset, it doesn't speak to them, but, there's there's a weird there's a weird intensity that sunsets uh, have with me, and they always have. I don't know why, but um, it's it just really rocks my world to to see a good sunset. And I think it kind of ties into number two, where when when we get so consumed with these things that we neglect all of these you know simple beauties in the world that actually have far more restoration than things that we normally um, subsidize in normal life, but a sunset's one of those, you know, it's, it's pretty hard to, to not just sit there and look at a sunset and, and realize how amazing life is and how, um, all these things that really don't matter. Um, and, and, and we're, we're allowing to, to consume us so much really just are that they're, they're, they're things that can be put on hold while we're taking in this moment of, of beauty. So, Um, with that being said, I mean, uh, the conclusion I want to come to today is that the nature, you know, obviously no one, not everyone lives in Colorado. And one thing that, um, Dustin and I were talking about in the the first time that we recorded this podcast is that it's, it's not so much as that you, if, if you don't have a way, uh, to engage yourself in nature that you're kind of just, you know, you're out of luck. It's more that, there are things in this world that can can take us back to a more wholesome way and 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 show us things that God really intended outside of the things that we've tried to take control of and and make happen how they're they're maybe not supposed to happen. So if you if you are um, you know in a place where that's it's not ideal to and you don't have access to um, nature, I just encourage you to find those things that they really give you that sense of centeredness and it, it sounds very you know yogi but there's there's a lot of truth in in that idea of of seeking things that that restore and that um 
bring us back to the present moment. And it's, it's so easy for us to be in that moment and jump right back into life because we're, we know it, we're comfortable with it and, and never even realize that, you know, we had one of those moments, but the more that those moments come, the more you seek them, the more you figure out how to cultivate those moments, the more wholesome your, your waking life is because you're able to translate those deep values that God is trying to teach these people in the Bible. Um, so that's what I encourage you today, uh, with, I, I hope that you guys, uh, gain something from this. Um, if, if you did, you know, be sure to, uh, subscribe. It helps us out a lot. Uh, check out our Facebook, 1720.org. Um, you know, that's, that's our group on Facebook, also on Instagram. Uh, we're trying to get that up and rolling. So there will be hopefully a post with, uh, some photos I took of a really awesome sunset that I'm, I'm talking about, uh, with, with this reference. So, uh, coming out soon, look for that probably next Monday. Um, but yeah, if, if you got something out of this, just tell a friend who maybe you think, uh, could get similar value out of, it really helps us out a lot. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in the next podcast. So thanks for tuning in. Figure out what in life, you know, you can, you can be seeking to, to be present in the moment and to, to step outside of the, um, the gravity that you give yourself in your life and, and seek some things that'll, it'll make you feel a little bit smaller and, and realize uh, how, how amazing this world that we live in is. So until next time, uh, have a great week, have a great uh, day and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks. <laughs>